welcome Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James and Dan from Georgia. This is Genesis to Revelation, Eurofolk Radio. Today is, oh man, it's already October, October 1st, 2022. And as that music was playing, the sun is rising in the east, shining right through my window. <laughs> Which is, uh, it, that, that music is about the rising sun, isn't it? So welcome everybody. And we're going to start today because this, uh, this episode of Joab, David, Absalom, and others, and of course, Joab was hired by David to kill Uriah, uh, this guy Absalom is a piece of work. All right, so uh, so I'll, I'll give it over to you, Dan. I'll put the link to the story in the chat room. Take take it away. Okay. The uh, name of the story is uh, the story of Joab, one of the Bible scoundrels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of all the scoundrels in the Bible, one of my favorites for sheer political nastiness is the commander of King David's army, Joab, son of Zariah. Zariah was David's half-sister, so Joab was a nephew of the king, related by blood. And indeed, blood is what Joab is best remembered for. The scene began as follows. Young David was a warrior in the house of King Saul of Israel, a close friend of the king's son and heir apparent, Jonathan, and the husband of the king's daughter, Michal. But out of jealousy, King Saul turned against David and drove him from his service. Saul soon lost the favor of God, and was killed in battle. When Saul and his sons died, David took the field of battle and after a series of conflicts established himself as the first king of Judah and after as king king of all Israel. Joab first shows up as a commander in David's service when David was ruler of Judah in the south of the Holy Land, while one of Saul's remaining sons, Ishbosheth, was still ruling northern Israel. Abner, a commander from the north, met Joab and his brother Ashael in lands between north and south, and fighting broke out. Abner reluctantly killed Ashael in self-defense and fled, with Joab in pursuit. The men remained mortal enemies ever after this first armed encounter. King David wanted peace with the northern kingdom and agreed to meet with Abner, and the two men greeted each other with courtesy and terms of friendship. On hearing this, Joab used his role as a commander in David's service to request to speak with Abner after he left David's presence. When these two men met, instead of greeting Abner in peace as David had done, Joab stabbed him in the belly. Wow. Second Samuel chapter 3, verse 27. Wow. Okay, so uh, isn't it incredible how much civil war there was among the Israelites? Yes. And there still is today. <laughs> right? yeah. If you know who Israel is, there still is all this civil war among us. It's absolutely incredible. All right. We Thank just you. can't get along with each other. We can't get along, even though we're white. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's a curse. Maybe it is a curse. Yeah. All right. David made long lamentation, fasted for sorrow for the murder of Abner, and declared that he had absolutely nothing to do with the murder of the popular northern commander. Now, wait a, a minute. Wait a minute. Shouldn't he be punishing Joab for a, a brutal murder like this? You would think, right? You would think, right? Okay. Please continue. A reader... I'm sorry, you were going to say something? No, I was just a please continue. This is an okay. incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. 
A reader more cynical than pious might wonder about the legitimacy of King David's protests of innocence in Joab's evil deed. David did nothing to punish Joab, who had eliminated David's possible rival. Joab was useful to David and kept the king's hands clean in public. Okay, is it possible that David was jealous of Abner, who might succeed him to the throne? Could be. Yeah. Man, so... Seen, uh, jealousy among our people. That's right? right. Even King David, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Joab next appears in the story of David's adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, whom David had managed to impregnate while her husband was on duty in the army. David was unable to persuade Uriah with kind words, short leave or alcohol, to go home and sleep with his wife to cover up his own <laughs> Right. <laughs> I command you to sleep with your own wife. That's all he had to <laughs> he do, right? He then gave right? message to Joab to make yeah. sure Uriah got slaughtered in battle. Yeah. And the evil deed was done. God later punished David for his sin, but Joab got off the hook again. Joab knew when to keep the king happy. When he was made commander of the army of Israel, he made sure David got credit for his own cunning in battle. Second Samuel Chapter 11, verse 26. When David unwisely attempted to order a census of the people of Israel, presumably to take stock of his military potential instead of relying on the power of God, Joab advised the king not to take such a step. Wow. Second Samuel, chapter 24, verse 2. Okay. But when David gave the immoral order, Joab carried it out again. Well, in this case, he would have to if the king right. tells him to do it. I mean, kind of right. has to. No, he he could have killed David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything's possible in this scenario, yeah. right? Again, God became irritated with David and punished him, and once again, helpful Joab got off unpunished. Joab's ability to use hard politics reached its zenith when King David had to contend with his troublesome son Absalom. Prince Absalom had the first had first gotten into trouble when he avenged the rape of his sister Tamar by murdering her attacker against the king's will. The politically astute Joab cared little for Absalom, Tamar, the rape, or the revenged murder. But he could see that David did not want to punish his favored son in spite of his guilt, so he arranged for a pardon to please the king. But when Absalom subsequently revolted against David, Joab led the king's army against Absalom and defeated him in battle. When the other officers refused to kill the king's beloved rebel son, Joab had no such scruples. He fired three darts into Absalom's heart and buried his corpse in a pit, not a royal grave. Joab did what was in the best interest of the king and therefore himself. Okay, so he was the king's executioner. All right. Yeah, it kind of That's, sounds like he was just a very ambitious person who wanted to right uh, move yeah, well, up the ranks. Well, and, and keep the power that he has, right, as David's yeah. uh, main commander, right? Now, this mm-hmm. this actually reminds me a little bit of Alexander Hamilton and his favor with uh, General George Washington because Alexander Hamilton was actually a very good commander in the military. You know, and he was uh, operating in the northern sphere and uh, defeating the British left and right, uh, and that, but then when he he became um, 
you know, a member of the government, that's when he became a traitor and uh, instituted the first bank of the United States, right? So he, uh, yeah. but, but uh, let's see if Joab uh, becomes a traitor here. I don't think so, but please continue. King David promptly went into mourning for his wayward son, and the troops who had secured the victory glumly wandered back into Jerusalem, sorrowing with the king. But Joab had the political sense to tell the king to declare it a victory, to hide his feelings, and to reassert his power. David followed Joab's grim advice. Tired of his hatchet man who had polished off his beloved son, David demoted Joab and appointed one Amasa as the new commander of the army. But very soon, Joab took care of that matter. <laughs> you demote me? I'll show you. <laughs> In a subsequent military encounter, Joab asked to speak privately with his new commander. Joab made to give General Amasa the kiss of peace, and while puckering up, Joab <laughs> grabbed Amasa's beard and stabbed him in the bowels with a concealed sword. While Amasa was bleeding to death in the street, Joab rallied the men on the very military expedition David had sent Amasa on and won the day. He got his old job as David's warlord back as well. Joab made only one serious political mistake. When David was on his deathbed, one of his sons, Adoniah, attempted to make himself king in his father's place. Adoniah wisely consulted Joab and got his support. But David's favor went to his son Solomon, and Adoniah soon was discredited. And for a time, Joab kept his head low enough to keep it connected to his neck. But when David's actual death drew near, he summoned Solomon to his side and reminded him of every single thing Joab had ever done. David advised Solomon on dealing with this with his evil but useful nephew Joab, saying, Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for you are a wise man. You will know what you ought to do to him, and you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. First king. Okay, so down to hell? So, all the stuff he did for David, uh, Joab is going to hell. All right. When the discredited Adonias stupidly asked his brother Solomon to wed his father's beautiful but still virginal handmaid, Solomon had Adonias put to death on the very day he made the request. Sleeping with the old king's wife might be might been seen as a claim to David's throne. And this King Solomon could not tolerate. It also provided an excuse to deal with Joab. Hearing of Adonijah's fall, Joab fled to the tent of the Lord and grabbed onto the horns of the altar, pleading for sanctuary. Solomon was not impressed and ordered Bananiah, son of Jehoiada, to hack Joab to bits at the altar, which he gladly did. <laughs> Give me that sword. I'll do it. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Benaiah was made commander of the army and then spent his days murdering Solomon's opponents. Jeez. As Joab had done for David <laughs> before him. Oh, peace <laughs> reigns in the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> History is full of men and women who serve their masters and do their dirty deeds for them. Mark Anthony, Lucius Sejanus, Thomas Cromwell, Heinrich Himmler, 
Lavrenti Baraya would occupy positions of their master's trust in exchange okay. for arranging some severe unpleasantness. Well, Thomas and Cromwell's, uh, sorry, Cromwell's master was the Jewish banksters. I'm not sure who Lucius Sejanus was. And Heinrich Himmler, uh, he basically got rid of, uh, uh, you know, because the hoaxacost is a total myth, right? Mm-hmm. He tried to send the Jews to Madagascar, but they wouldn't go, right? But And uh, the whole story there is, of course, that the Zionists made a deal with the, with the Nazis to send the Jews to uh, Palestine. Right, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the whole story of you know, the evil Heinrich Himmler is a bunch of lies. Beria was a Jewish uh, uh, what, what, executioner of Christian Russia, right? So uh, I don't know. The last one is by far the the most evil. Beria. Okay, back to you. Uh, last paragraph. And okay. generally speaking, they all had their moment of power before coming to a bad end. One wonders if Joab felt that the years of power and wealth were all worth it when the executioner's blade finally descended on his own neck. Right. Well, yes, yeah, uh, those who live by the sword die by the sword, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's what happened to him. All right, folks, uh, that, that's a great summary of Joab's life, you know, because it's hard to understand just reading through the uh, verses that we have, what in the world motivates Joab, but yeah, he, he was uh, loyal to the king, and uh, you know, his power was based on this loyalty, and he, he was loyal to the bitter end. So, uh, But like he said, uh, the, he made a fatal mistake because he did not support Solomon's favored son, I mean uh, David's favorite son, Solomon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to it. Second All right, Samuel. we are in um, Second Fif- Samuel chapter fifteen. Fifteen. Here we go. Yep. And here we go. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the king for judgment. Then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which has any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeyance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. So he's doing some real uh, brown nosing here. Right, yeah, schmoozing. Schmoozing, <laughs> yeah. yeah right, yeah. literally. <laughs> Kissing people, yep. right? Schmoozing, all right? And now, wait, no, 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 no. Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Okay, so he just started doing this without David's uh, approval, apparently. Because it doesn't uh-huh. say anything about David approving of all this. Okay. Well, he's trying to take David's job as king. Could be. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saving you the trouble, David. <laughs> Verse 7. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, 
which I have vowed unto Yahweh in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If Yahweh shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve Yahweh. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. Oh, wow. So for 40 years he had this plot in mind. Yeah. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. <laughs> and there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servant said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him, and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him. And all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites, and all the Gittites, 600 men which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Okay, so he hired some evil Canaanites to yeah. be mercenaries in his army. Oh, man. That's bad news. Yeah, really bad news. Uh, again, to... Well, it said the elder shall serve the younger, right? <laughs> the Edomites and Canaan, and the Canaan would be a servant of servants. So whenever a, a dirty deed, <laughs> what's that song? Dirty deeds done dirt yep. cheap, right? Yep. Uh, that's what we got here, folks. Wow. Okay. Israel was in such disarray at this time. I yeah, mean, yeah. Good. Yeah, it was awful. You know, that's why uh, the father had to give us a new heart. At the uh, at the last Passover, because mm-hmm. uh, there is no sign that uh, the hearts of the Israelites had improved much <laughs> up until that time. All right, verse nineteen. Then said the king to Ittai the Gittite, "Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. <clears throat> Whereas thou camest but yesterday." Should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return now and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Ittai answered the king and said, As Yahweh lives, and as my lord the king lives, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said to Ittai, Go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. 
And lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar went up, until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the Ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of Yahweh, he will bring me again, and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seems good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into thy city, return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimeaz, thy son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plains of the wilderness until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok, therefore, and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Yahweh, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was on the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and the earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and, J- and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them you shall send unto me everything that you can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Okay, so uh, spies, spy versus spy. Okay, yeah. let's see if Absalom, uh, t- how he treats these two men. All right, chapter 16. And when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisins, and a hundred of summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat. And the wine that such be as, that such as be faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, And where is thy master's son? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abides at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all, thine are all that are, that pertain unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord, O king. And when David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, 
the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thy bloody man, and thou men of Belial. Yahweh has returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And Yahweh has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Uh, All right, so, of course, being a descendant of Saul, Shimei would uh, feel this way, right? Uh, but uh, he probably didn't know the story that David did all that he possibly could to avoid killing Saul, right? Until it just uh, it happened w- without David's you know knowledge and consent, right? So anyway, uh, yeah. But I think the reason why David's household has experienced all this trouble is rather for the murder of Uriah. I agree. Okay. I think it's punishment. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, verse 9, Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. <clears throat> and the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because Yahweh has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for Yahweh has bidden him. It may be that Yahweh will look on my affliction and that Yahweh will requite me for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along the hillside over against him and cursed as he went. And threw stones at him and cast dust. Oh, what a scene. <laughs> All yeah. right. Okay. I curse you. I throw king... stones at you. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. And Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem and to Hithophel with him. And it came to pass when Hushai the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why winnest thou not with thy friend? And Hushai said unto Absalom, No, but whom Yahweh and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son, as I have served in thy father's presence? So will I be in thy presence. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he has left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art aboard of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. 
Okay, that's really weird. Okay, so it's like the uh, the lion kills uh, the pride of another lion, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and bears babies of that other pride. Crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, 17. 17, moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. And I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom seekest, whom thou seekest is as if all returned. So all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well, and all the elders of Israel. Then said Absalom, Call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he says. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, thou knowest thy father and his men, that they might, that they be mighty men. And they be chafed in their minds, as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit, or in some (laughs) other place. And it will come to pass, when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever hears, hears it will say, There is slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he is also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion shall utterly melt, for all Israel knows that the Father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Therefore I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee, from Dan even to Beersheba, as the sand that is by the sea, for multitude, and that thou shalt go to battle in thine own person. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found, and we will light upon him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men that are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then all then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river until there be not one small stone found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For Yahweh has appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, to the intent that Yahweh might bring evil upon Absalom. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimeaz stayed by Enrogel, For they may not be seen to come into the city, and a wench went out and told them. And they went and told King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But they went both of them away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahurim, which had a well in his court, whither they went down. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground corn thereon. And the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, they said, Where is Ahimeaz and Jonathan? 
And the woman, woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. <clears throat> and it came to pass, after they were departed, that they came up out of the well and went and told <laughs> King David and said unto David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus has Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan. By the morning light there lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Then David came to Mahanam, and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son, whose name was Ithra, an Israelite, that went to Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister to Zariah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. And it came to pass when David was come to Mahanam, that Shobi, the son of Nahash of Rabbah, of the children of Ammon, and Macher, the son of Amiel of Lodabar, and Barzili, Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rogalim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kind for David and for all the people that were with him to eat. For they said, the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Okay, so uh, we see another battle brewing here. <laughs> okay. Yep. Chapter... 18. <clears throat> and David numbered the people that were with him, and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and a third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. Okay, uh, this is very interesting. We have a triumvirate here of commanders. And uh, it looks like in the Middle East, even among the Greeks and the Romans, this uh, tripartite leadership of the military commanders was a tradition. Okay, this shows the close connection between the Romans, the Greeks, and the Israelites, who were, of course, all descended you know, from the same house. Okay, the house of Shem, and of course the uh, Shemites and uh, the Greek. Well, the, although the Greeks originally came from Japheth, uh, as the Shemites and Israelites spread abroad, they they took over the house of the Greeks. The Romans were all descended from Zerah, Judah, so these people are all closely related, and th- that's that explains why they have this same tradition of a triumvirate of military commanders. All right, back to you. Verse 3. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, for if we flee away, they will not care for us. Neither, if half of us die, will they care for us. But now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore now it is better that thou succor us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seems you best I will do. And the king stood by the gate side, and by all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. 
And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young men, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. And there was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it, and told Joab, and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why why did you not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. And the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king charged thee and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I should have brought falsehood against my own life. For there is no matter hid from the king, and from and thou thyself wouldest have set thyself against me. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand, and he thrust them through the heart of Absalom, while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bear Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel. For Joab held back the people. Okay, I guess that's that's, uh, David's order was to deal kindly with Absalom, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But Joab had other ideas. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood. And laid a very great heap of stones upon him, and all Israel fled, every one to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, let me now run and bear the king tidings how that Yahweh has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushi, Tell the king, go tell the king what has been done. And Cushi bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, But... But howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushi. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Ahimeaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushi. And David sat between the two gates. And the watchman went up to the roof over the gate under the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king. And the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running, 
And the watchman came, called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also brings tidings. And the watchman said, Methinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He is a good man and comes with good tidings. And Ahimeaz called and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be Yahweh thy God, which has delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimeaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Tidings, my lord the king, for Yahweh has avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, I would God I had died for thee. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Okay, so uh, what's the old saying? Uh, restless uh, sleeps the head that wears the crown. <laughs> right? David, his own son wanted to kill him because, well, oh, you know, just like Charles III, right? I wonder if there wasn't any skullduggery in the Queen's death, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Charlie probably got tired of waiting. <laughs> Isn't she? Yeah. When is she going to die? I want her dead. So I'll bet there was skullduggery there. All right. Chapter 19. What a, what a sorry episode for Israel. All right. Yeah. yeah. And it was told Joab, behold, the king weeps and mourns for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city, as the people, being ashamed, steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons and of thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives, and the lives of thy concubines. In that thou lovest thine enemies, and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived, and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. <laughs> right? Yeah, so Joab has really given it to David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, how can you possibly defend Absalom if he's trying to take over your kingdom and kill you? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I guess blood is thicker than water. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, he was play with um, with Saul. He didn't. He didn't. Um, yeah. He had the opportunity to kill Saul two times and didn't do it. Right. You know? Yeah. And Saul was after him. Saul would have killed him. That's for sure. Yeah, so David <laughs> showed poor judgment in a lot of these cases. Really poor judgment. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. yeah. Verse 7. Now therefore arise, go forth, and speak comfortably unto thy servants. 
For I swear by Yahweh, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night. And that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth until now. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king doth sit in the gate, and all the people came before the king. For Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, oh, saying, <laughs> okay. The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And King David sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? <laughs> okay, well, if because they had made their uh, you know lot with uh, uh, Absalom. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. Okay, so they weren't happy that King uh, that David returned. And say ye to Amasa, Art thou not of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Bahurim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And throw rocks at him. And there, <laughs> okay. And there, and there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant does know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed Yahweh's anointed? And David said, What have I done? What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die, and the king swear unto him. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes, from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass, that I may ride thereon. 
and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. And he has slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat at their, their at thine own table? What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, for as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rogalim and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. Now Barzillai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old. And he had provided the king sustenance while he lay at Mahanam, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzillai, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? <laughs> Hard to tell I, with, with the, your household in such disarray, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden unto my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king. And why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again that I may die in my own city and be buried by the grave of my father and of my mother. But behold, thy servant, Chimham, let him go over with my lord the king and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which will seem good unto thee. And whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan. And when the king was come over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah conducted the king and also half the people of Israel. And, behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan? And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near of kin to us. Wherefore then be ye angry for this matter? Have we eaten at all of the king's cost, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, and we have also more right in David than ye. Why then did you despise us, that our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king? And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Okay, so we see that the uh, the two houses here are already at odds with one another, and of course, this will come to play when Solomon dies. All right. Okay, so I think we can get one more chapter in chapter twenty. Just constant war. And yeah, con and, and bad blood between the two houses. Amazing. Yep. Chapter twenty, and there happened to be there a man of Belial whose name was Sheba the son of Bichri, a Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. 
So every man of Israel went up went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan, even to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem. And the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in ward and fed them, but not went not in unto them. So they were shut up unto the day of their death, living in widowhood. Then said the king to Amasa, Assemble me the men of Judah within three days, and be thou here present. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now shall Sheba, the son of Bichri, do us more harm than did Absalom. Take thus Lord's servants, and pursue after him, lest he get him, fence cities, and escape us. Yeah, before he does any more damage, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And there went out after him Joab's men, and the Cherethites, and the Pelophites, and all the mighty men that went out, they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. When they were at the great stone, which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him, and upon it a girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins in the sheath thereof. And as he went forth, it fell out. And Joab said to Amasa, Art thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. So he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and shed out his bowels to the ground and struck him not again, and he died. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And one of Joab's men stood by him and said, He that favors Joab and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. And Amasa wallowed in blood in the midst of the highway. And when the men saw that all the people stood still, he removed Amasa out of the highway into the field and cast a cloth upon him. When he saw that everyone that came by him stood still. When he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel unto Abel, unto Beth Maacah, and all the Berites, as they were gathered, and they were gathered together and went also after him. And they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Maacah, and they cast up a bank against the city, and it stood in the trench, and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, say, I pray you unto Joab, come here hither, come near hither that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, There won't, there, they were wont to speak in old time, <laughs> saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. And so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of Yahweh? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so. But a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri, by name, has lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. 
Okay. <laughs> well, well, I'll settle the matter, right? <laughs> okay. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. Now Joab was over all the host of Israel, and Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and over the Pelethites. And Adoram was over the tribute, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahab, the son of Ahilud was recorder, and Sheba was scribe, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests, and Ira also the Jerite was a chief ruler about David. Okay, so David is very lucky that Joab was faithful to him, right? Yeah. Because he, David was uh, surely in danger at all times, right? There were Always, so many, yeah. yeah. Even his own son plotted to take his throne from him. But uh, fortunately, Joab was faithful to him. Amazing, amazing account of uh, treachery within the ranks of the house of David. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable story. Okay, folks, we've come to the end of today's show. We have one more episode of uh, Second Samuel to come. Hope to see you next week. Maybe, hopefully, nobody assassinates us <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good job. Uh, Enjoy good, it. Good we'll job, Dan. Okay. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye bye and stay safe. Yahweh bless. <laughs> bye bye.